Welcome back, everybody, to your favorite wrestling podcast, Down for the Count. As always, I'm Alexis, and with me tonight is my girl, Tiff, and we had to call in some reinforcements because both Nicole and Janae are, well, they're literally down for the count right now. Uh, we got <laughs> Rico and we got Don, the uh, alternate members of Down for the Count, as Tiff called them last time. Uh, <laughs> everyone say hi. Hi. Hey, hey, hey. So we're going to talk Hi. about a little bit of everything in this show. We're going to go quickly over Slammiversary and how uh, 20 years of impact. Uh, we got some injuries that we need to report, sadly, because it is, is that it is around that time of year when everyone starts getting injured. And then, of course, what y'all are probably here to listen to, we are going to go basically dissect everything that has been going on with the WWE with this whole thing with Vince and Laurinaitis and then Brad Shepard had to be a complete dick and get his name thrown in here. So we're in, we're in for a very full show. So we hope y'all are ready, but let's start with some good stuff. First Slammiversary came on last night. Um, well, not last night, but this uh, pre- past weekend um, mm-hmm. it was the 20th anniversary of TNA Impact Wrestling, the little promotion that should have been killed long time ago is still going after all these years. That's fucked up. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, think about it. I can do a, I'm going to do a whole show on what happened was with like the whole thing where Impact started going down. Like, that's going to be my thing. Um, but it was a very, it, it was a really good show. Um, if you get a chance to watch it, please watch it. I did not, but thank you to the wonderful people at Twitter who were posting shit. Thank you. Of um, course. <laughs> it was a, it was uh, to me, it was just a really, I think it was a really cool love note to everything Impact and TNA have brought to the business in the last 20 years. I'm glad that they are still around and here's hoping for them to stay around forever. Of but, course, because Impact's pretty much the only one who's legitimately giving you wrestling and storyline. You get both. And it's not not stupid storyline either. No, there some of them are. Some of them some of some of them are, but they're they're fun to watch and you you can enjoy them. And I I really I'm pleased for God's sake, if anybody over at Impact even hears a snippet of this, just fucking get a tv deal that i don't have to pay for another streaming service to watch it i don't want to go on twitch to watch wrestling i i don't want to do that i don't want to pay for it through twitch i don't want to pay Celine tv so i can watch it on thursdays just find a network that will house you so that everybody can watch it please or get your ass back on youtube that's it Spike TV ain't around anymore. Go go fix the shit that happened between Paramount and you guys that long ass time ago, and maybe you can get back on there at least. Please do something because I I'm, I don't want to miss Impact, and I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of good shit. Mm-hmm. But anniversary well, yeah. did happen, and well, they had they had a couple of matches for anniversary that were pretty interesting. So before we get to the championship stuff, let's knock those out of the way first. So the first match they had was, well, that we're going to talk about is the reverse 
battle royal. Okay. Now it it sounds weird because it it kind of is, but um, the rules for the reverse battle royal were pretty simplistic. The way it's supposed to work out is the competitors surround the ring, and as they try to fight their way inside. Now, once they get inside, they're the first eight to get in there have to compete in a traditional battle royal. So you have to try and get everybody over the top rope. Once it gets down to two of you, you will then compete in a traditional match. And it'll be by pinfall or submission. And that's how the reverse battle royal went. Um, Shark Boy ended up defeating Johnny Swinger. Vicky Dice, Chris Bay, David Young, Shira, Raj Singh. I'm not going to be able to say this man's name. So I'm just going to call you BG. Okay. I don't want to mess your name up. Okay. Um, Crazy Steve, Shogun, Aiden Prince, Nate Webb, Mike Jackson, Steve Macklin, Chris Stevens, and Slash were all a part of the reverse battle royal. And Shark Boy was able to pick up the win in that match. The second unique match to happen was the Monsters Ball match. Yeah. It says that they were supposed to isolate each opponent for 24 hours. And then when the match starts, they're released. This mm-hmm. match is a no, no DQ. Um, I don't think it was false count anywhere. Uh, it was no DQ. No count outs, no no shortage of weapons, they say. Yeah, they mostly kept it around, uh, from what I remember about Monster Ball matches, so correct me if I'm wrong, they usually stay within the ring. They don't do, like, false count anywhere kind of thing. Yeah, it wasn't a false count anywhere. It's just like an Extreme Rules match. But But it um, actually lives up to the hype. Yeah, it it, it has, but there are, they're isolated for 24 hours, and it says they're trapped. They said after being trapped in isolation for 24 hours, hours. they then are unleashed as they put it. Sammy Callahan beat Moose. It was Moose versus Sammy Callahan in a Monsters Ball match, and Sammy Callahan picked up the win. He did get busted open in this match. Per the course, seeing as how they're using weapons to fight in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, he was able to beat that Mushmouth bitch, which I'm very happy about. When that motherfucker went to spear Sammy, and Sammy had a trash can, and Moose put himself into the trash can, I could not stop laughing. I mean, I couldn't, I'm he like, just did what we were all thinking. God works in mysterious ways. So, and I, I know if some people are thinking, Alexis, how could you get, how come you're all giddy about this? But you're, you're, you shoot down like the fucking anarchy in there because this wasn't absolute chaos. This was not absolute chaos. They had weapons. Sammy got busted open. Pretty sure both guys were hurting the next day. But it wasn't as chaotic as anything else that AEW has been putting out. Impact knows how to do the, you know, 
high like, i mean like most of their guys are high flyers so they know how to do the t- the tricks and the flips and all that but they also got hardcore guys who know how to do this shit safe so oh, you didn't sure. you didn't see sammy and sammy is like one of the best hardcore wrestlers out there right now but he can also still do other stuff besides hardcore wrestling but he didn't do anything that was stupid that would hurt him or moose as much as, as much as we don't like Moose, I wouldn't want to see him get killed in a match. Mm, okay, yeah. Maybe like <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe severely hurt, but you know, like like you know, he got his mouth busted open and shit like that. But I don't want to see I don't want to see anyone get like. Well, I ain't gonna do nothing but make this even more. That's like that scene from Harry Potter with the house elf. Y'all seen that? <laughs> When he was no, like, Gobby does not need to kill, just to maim or severely injure. I can't. Oh my god. So the the championships were on the line um at Slammiversary. So Ty of Valkyrie and Rosemary both are the new knockouts tag team champions. Um she's really happy about that. Uh the women's championship. Jordan Grace was able to pick up the win in that championship. I have a question. Was that like a match with like a bunch of superstars in it? Like was Chelsea Green in that match with me again? And um, yeah, it was Diana Perrazzo. Diana Perrazzo was in it. They were all in that championship match with Tasha Steele. Right. It's called the Queen of the Mountain match. And it is actually the first Queen of the Mountain match because usually it's called King of the Mountain. But this okay. was, the, but this was the first Queen of the Mountain match. Um, the rules are hard to understand because Mickey James was the enforcer, but she kept even fucking up. Um, but it was actually, it, it was really good. It was really good. Um, shout out to Diana and Chelsea taking that scary ass, scary ass dive from the fucking ladder. It was very scary. But you saw okay. like her, but you saw like her and Chelsea like hugging each other to make sure like bracing each other for impacts. Yeah, yeah we were holding hands before the ladder went down too. Yeah, they had to. Okay, so yeah. the rules for the Queen of the Mountain match. Um, it says Mickey James was a special guest for the first ever Queen of the Mountain match. Where mm-hmm. after becoming eligible via pinfall or submission, you win the match by climbing the ladder and hanging the Knockouts World title. You have to hang it. Yes. <laughs> Instead of taking it down, you putting it up there. All right. Whoever yeah. is pinned or submitted during the duration of this match must enter the penalty box for two minutes. Oh, that's where Tasha Steele's was. Okay. Girl. All right. So that that's their matches are very unique. That's definitely a a dusty inspired match right there so anybody who gets pinned during the match doesn't automatically get eliminated they get put in a penalty box and i don't know how long they're in that penalty box but they're obviously put in the penalty box it's supposed to be for two minutes and it's it's really weird it's it's a weird it's very weird match because i've seen it with the guys and it's even just as confusing but it's like there's no champion advantage here because you can walk in, but if you get sent to the penalty box and within that two minutes that you're stuck in there, 
someone else could take your title. So it's like one of those things where like champion has zero advantage. In order for you to be able to climb the ladder, to be able to get to the top, to put the title up there, you have to become eligible by pinfall or submission. That's how it is. That's how it works, which is, it's a unique concept. They have some really innovative and unique ways to make these matches more interesting than just a traditional wrestling match. So shout out to Jordan Grace because she is the new knockouts champion. This is her second time having that title, I believe. I want to be Jordan Grace when I grow up. Mm, <laughs> I don't, but she's cool. Um, Josh Alexander retained his Impact World Championship. I believe he went up against Eric Young. So yeah. the Good Brothers have regained the new, have become new tag team champions in, in Impact again. So they've regained the titles and Rich Swan retained their his digital media championship, which I didn't even know existed. That is a new belt that actually we can thank Matt Cardona for kind of bringing in because mm. that makes sense. Period. But, makes sense. And then there, there's a new X Division champion. Mike Bailey <laughs> is the new X Division champion. And, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know who that is. I don't know who it is either, but he, he he's a champion. So congratulations. Yeah, He'd be walking down the street and I wouldn't know a thing. I wouldn't know that man. He, I don't, he's I don't the one know. boy with a mullet. That's all you all right. have to know. I think he's new. Okay. So maybe that's well, why I don't know. It's not a he, he wrestles with kick pads, but no shoes. Oh, you know, I'm happy it's anybody but Ace Austin. I'm still Did confused as to what. pads and no shoes? Yeah. Did okay, moving on. Like... <laughs> moving on. Because I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. Anyway, um, so there's two more matches left. Well, we just talked about the X Division Championship, so there's one match. The Impact Originals went up against Honor No More. So this match... Since it was 20 years, there were a lot of guys who came back and actually wrestled. They had a storyline for this particular Slammiversary this year. So the way that it reads on Impact, it says the originals vowed to defend the legacy of Impact Wrestling against the threat of Honor No More. So Honor No More was made up of some guys that are in Impact that were there before and currently, more specifically currently people. So it was Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, Frankie Kazarian, Nick Aldi, and Dave Richards, who okay. Um, Dave Richards, who made up the Impact Originals. Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Tavin, um, Mike Bennett, and Vincent and PCO, they are the ones who made up Honor No More. So they had the match um, and the Impact Originals were able to defeat Honor No More. No, you're, you're leaving out the best part. Maria, who's part of that thing because her husband's there pretty much, she got on, 
she was trying to she's like the loud piece or whatever and then the og knockout tracy brooks who's married to frankie kazarian i didn't know that she comes out she grabs that bitch she's standing like maria's standing on the ring or whatever and tracy grabs her and like pulls her leg and you can hear the slam because her head connected with the with the with the ring Oh. I'm going to hell because I was yeah. dying laughing at that shit. <laughs> no. Well, look, look on the bright side. At least maybe now she can write her thesis. <laughs> Goddamn thesis! All that bitch owes a thesis. She owes me a thesis. She been she was talking about it, and that whole still ain't growing. She had all this time. She got the army stuff. She done did with the girls. They wrestling. They having a good time. She ain't did shit. She just laid. Upset. Anyway, that was Impact Slam Reversal. It seemed like it was a good show. I'm kind of upset that I, I missed it, but I'm 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 kind of spoiled with WWE because I only have to pay like ten dollars and I get my shit. <laughs> so I refuse to pay anything above that now. And y'all enjoy the pay per views. I'll just look at the quick notes a bit later. I'm kind of, I'm kind of mad because we I had to choose between NWA or Slammiversary, and I chose NWA, but I really wish I went to Slammiversary now because that was that really was a hell of a show. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I I'm glad they had a good show. It was their anniversary. They did talk about some people that um have passed away from announcers and everything. They have people, former Impact wrestlers and um, knockouts do um, cameos. They have little AJ Styles did one. Um, Kurt Angle did one. Mm-hmm. It was nice. And Dixie Carter showed up. So Sting did one. Yeah, they, they all have their moments in the sun. So <laughs> congratulations on 20 years. And um, I hope you do stick around because I actually do enjoy watching um, Impact's brand of wrestling. But we're going to move on because the injury report has a lot of people on it. Um, some of these people have been injured and are still injured. Um, others are um, got injured recently or have been mentioned to be injured since they haven't been seen on television. So let's start with AEW, since some of us know about some of the AEW talent, and a lot of them we don't know. Um, <clears throat> in terms of A, in terms of AEW, we all know CM Punk broke his foot, so he's going to be out. Um, he is not required to relinquish his title. He is going to keep it. He's going to keep it, and they're going to have an interim champion. And then, from my understanding, and if I'm wrong, y'all can correct me out there in the podcast world, um, they're supposed to have them compete against each other to determine the definitive champion once CM Punk is healed 100% ready to go. I don't... What'd you say? I have heard, but all right. Uh, I don't know. Um, but he's not going to be back for a minute. He has a broken foot, so it's going to take a minute for him to heal and then rehab. So here's the, real question. Bit. here's the real question, and someone brought this up to me, and it made a lot of sense. 
are people even going to care about CM Punk being world champion when he comes back? Because shit can happen between now and then. He has diehard, loyal fans that are going to cheer for him no matter if he walks out there with a cane. It it doesn't matter. That's their man, and they're going to stand by him. So, I mean, are they going to care? Yes, because that's who they wanted to be champion in the first place. Outside um, of this fan base, though, are people going to care? No. Do people outside of his fan base care about AEW? No. Yes. A lot of people care about AEW outside of his fan base. As much as too much of my chagrin, because I would prefer that they cared about decent wrestling and they worry about the structure of that company and how well it's it benefits everyone, not just the people who you deem to be at the top of the mountain. So yes, people care about AEW, people watch AEW religiously. Um, so I would imagine that Tony Khan would find someone to put that title on. If it were me, I would put it on Adam Cole. They, they were going to give it to him eventually. So I would have just given it to Cole. Why don't they just give it back to Adam? <sighs> I I don't know. They didn't, no, do they, they, didn't, they didn't do right by him in the beginning. He's not the shiny toy anymore. And he when they gave it to luck. him, they, they gave him some good matches, but Adam didn't really have any storylines. And I think that was done on purpose. Because they wanted to put that belt on Punk. I don't know if it was because of that, but if we're what we hear about AEW is correct, that no superstars plan out their own shit. It seems to me like the way things were structured for Adam was for him to just compete and be champion. See, that's a damn shame. I mean, he, he had those five star matches with Brian, and he had. Um, I think he had a match with Moxley once. I'm not sure. But he had some really good matches with Cole and a bunch of people, but there were no storylines that were linked to those matches. They were just one and done. And he defended Austin, but they were never like the closer of the show. It might have been like once or twice, but he was champion. And he didn't even have half the booking that Kitty Omega had. But well, like I said, there's no. There's well, no that's also because the man was never in the higher up position. Yeah, but the, the what I'm trying to say is like, I'll put it this way: when you're in WWE, you don't have a lot of control over what you do or what you say, but it depends on where you are in the company. So if you're a Roman, you can veto something that one of the creatives give you. Like, yeah, I'm not doing. That. And you can kind of structure things so they work out in your favor so you can portray it correctly. In AEW, it's not like that. They have to do everything for themselves. They're the ones writing the scripts. They're the ones setting up the stories. They're the ones who create the scenario. So the only way that I can make sense of Adam Cole, well, not Adam Cole, but Adam Page's situation is he didn't create one. Mm. 
That's what's going to happen. They're going to have this. They're saying Moxley is going to be like the guy. And then we're going to have Punk versus Moxley whenever Punk comes back. And just, I'm not trying to put any hoo voodoo on Moxley, but what if something happens to him while Punk's out? Are they still going to have to do another thing? Or are they just going to be out of champion until further notice? I don't think so. I think they'll change it. See, I think in this case scenario, and this is what pisses me off about AEW, the smart thing would be to just crown a new champion. Just stop with the interim shit. You've already done how many, like, you did the interim championship with Cody when you gave it to Sammy Guevara for no reason. Yeah. Cody was going to be out for, like, what, two weeks, and you just chose to do an interim champion for what? I don't know. And then you made him, you made Sammy and Dustin in this, you put them in this ladder match that was pointless. There was no reason to have such an intense ladder match, but whatever. And then you do the interim championship with Mercedes Martinez for the ROH Women's Championship. Why did you need an interim champion when Deanna was fully functioning? She wasn't injured. She wasn't out. She was fully, like, able to be, like, she's, maybe she wasn't able to be booked on the event, but I'm like, but you didn't need an interim champion there. But I don't so, think Deanna wanted to join AEW. I don't I think her. so too, but I'm like, you could have just taken the belt off of her instead of crowning an interim champion in Mercedes. Well. But, you know, again, I'm like, the smart, you know, the smart thing would have been to just take the belt off of Punk and, I don't know, give it back to Hangman Adam Page and try to see if he can salvage something or hold, or hold a battle royal or something get creative i'm like interim champion for what for what that's a problem not smart creative. not dumb wait Don, you know you, you got say? people back there you got wrestlers <clears throat> booking themselves with nothing but beans for brains come up with something else What'd you say, they can't get creative that's why creative should exist i think um, like i I'm, i've been saying it for a while but AEW and WWE are two sides of the same coin. You got one who's a little, who's just too free. And then you have another one who's too stifled. They got to have a middle ground. You should be able to work together with a creative team. You're going to hire writers and um, showrunners, and you're going to have people who can construct an entire story then allow that wrestler to have a say-so in how that story goes, if they have the creative mind to do so. If they don't have that and they're not quite understanding of how to structure or display a story, then you need to kind of help them along. And that's what creative is for. And um, I really, really hope that in the near future, one of them learns that very quickly and allows the superstars to be a part of it. And also they have a functioning creative team where they don't have all power, but they both have equal sides so that we can get something decent from both companies. Um, We gotta move on to the rest of the people who are injured. So as far as AEW is concerned, um, Brian Danielson also has a nagging injury. He had got banged up in that arena match that he had with Jericho's crew, and it was Pride and Powerful, I think, with him, and Moxley and Eddie Kingston. They were all on one side, and they were going up against Jericho's people. They had a match. 
And Brian Danielson got a little banged up. It's not a concussion, so you can be happy about that. But he does have an injury. He's been gone for two weeks, and now he's scheduled to come back tomorrow, which it was by the time this goes out, it'll probably be today. Um, he's scheduled to go out and talk in front of AEW Dynamite crowd about the two matches that he's scheduled to be at. He is supposed to show up at Forbidden Door and have a match at Forbidden Door, which is the New Japan AEW collaboration pay-per-view. And then three days later, he's supposed to have another match on um, AEW Dynamite's Blood and Guts. He's also supposed to have that match against uh, Zack Sabre Jr., which honestly was a hell of a match. But I believe that was supposed to be at the... um, I believe that's supposed to be at the the Forbidden Door. Yeah, that's um, that's what I was. That's what I meant. This was a fight, Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, he was supposed to go up against Zack Sabre Jr. at the Forbidden Door, but now if he's all wonky, he might, ahead, he might yeah, not yeah. be able to. But he's supposed to make an announcement at AEW Dynamite this Wednesday coming. So I guess if you care, you can go tune in to see it. Me personally, it's not that I don't want A.O. Bryan or Brian Danielson to be healthy. I do. But to me, it's the, the theatrics of it. You could have just, I mean, I mean, just tell us if you're going to be able to do the shows or not. Because this, all of this is, it's a lot. It leads me to believe that, yes, he is fine. And he will be able to do the shows. And they're going to have a little standoff in the ring because it's obvious. Um, that that's what's going to happen. Whatever. Whatever works for y'all. Um, I mean, they need please. the views, so might as well milk it for what it's worth. Every right. best life. Um, Lee Johnson is also injured. He hasn't have been working on um, AEW since May. He likely will not be back um, for the remainder of the summer. It says that FIFA confirmed that on Monday he had been battling a knee injury and he'll be out of action for the next few months at the bare minimum. Um, who is he part of an AEW? I have no idea. His name is Lee Johnson. I'll look that up later. I remember him wrestling. He is one of the Black wrestlers that Terry at We Love Wrestling talks about a lot. But I don't watch AEW enough to have enough information about specific wrestlers. Um, another person who's injured is Matt Hardy. Now, we all know that he's gone through the six... Oh, come on, Alexis. So, he's going going through the situation with his brother, but that's a separate issue. Matt Hardy is injured with his knee. Now, he got pretty... He got pretty banged up. I got got to interrupt you there, because he was just down doing AAA with fucking uh, John Morrison, who for the night was Johnny Hardy. Okay, I was getting ready to get to that. So, Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. He, he did. <laughs> he got banged up at the AAA <laughs> show. So it was AAA's Triple Mania show. He had a match there, and he got banged up in that match. So this has exacerbated the knee injury. His knee is now swollen. They don't have a lot of information about whether it's like 
you know, anything definite that can put him out in terms of the injury. It's just that he has a swollen knee and he got banged up at Triple Mania. So he is going to be out for a little while, which I suspect that he would have been out either way. But he's going to be taking a bit of a break to rehab this knee. And um, hopefully the swelling will go down and um, he can do whatever it is that he wants to do. Um, I think the last person that's injured on the AEW list is Darius Martin. Um, Darius oh, Martin, apparently he's, he's been injured and they hope that they can get him back as well by the end of 2022, but they are not 100% sure about that. They don't have a lot of information on his knee. I mean, on his injury either. So I'm not sure if it's a back injury or a knee injury or what type of injury it is. But Darius Martin is injured, and he's going to be out for a substantial amount of time. So we're going to move into WWE's injuries. We already know about Cody's injury. He had the successful surgery, and he should be resting. But probably Cody's probably trying to rehab and pull a John Cena, okay? Um, but hopefully he'll get better, and um, he won't further injure himself. Rhea Ripley also recently got injured. According to WWE, she is not medically cleared to compete in any capacity, especially at Money in the Bank, which is why Monday we saw Carmella being the one to take her spot for um, the Money in the Bank Women's, well, the Raw Women's Championship at Money in the Bank. So Carmella is now going to challenge Bianca for that title. And Rhea Ripley is going to get a challenge later on down the line after she is medically cleared to compete. Zelina Vega has been injured for quite some time, and she is still out, I'm assuming, rehabbing that injury. Um, Io Shirai has been out. I don't know what her injury was. They just I just remember I was that people were asking about her, and then I saw a couple of people saying that she was injured, and when I looked it up, it did say that she was injured, but they didn't say where the injury came from, so I'm not sure. If anyone else knows, but I'm not sure about the injury. Um, Io Shirai is also injured, and she's been gone for a while, and Zoe Starks is still rehabbing her injury. Um, Gigi Dolan got banged up in the last match that she was in, um, Rico was the one who spotted her injury. I didn't know anything about it, so I'll let him tell you about it, and then I'll move on to the last person on the injury yes. list. During the six-woman tag team match on NXT last week, uh, Cora Jade went and did her diving swanton from the top rope, and apparently she landed really hard on Gigi's rib, and so Gigi kind of screamed out, and then they had to quickly end the match like, you know, and get it done, but so I'm assuming that she probably bruised or maybe, maybe like fractured a rib or something, but she, whatever it was, it appears to have been minor because she has been doing out-circuit shows, but I will preface that she's been doing tag team matches, and then anytime there's been a singles match with toxic attraction, it has been JC who's mm, been doing okay. that. She hasn't been doing any singles matches, so she's only been doing tag matches okay. on the house shows. So she's got limited time in the ring. JC's the one who's doing the heavy-duty work to kind of give Gigi some time to get herself together. Yes. Okay, that's fine. 
the last person on the injury list for WWE is Biggie. So Biggie broke his neck sometime this year, and we all saw it. Um, but he has gotten his neck brace off recently, posted it on social media. So it seems like Biggie is on track and is healing up just fine. And it's a long shot, but if he's on the trajectory that I think he is, Biggie could be back in time for Royal Rumble. One could only one could only hope because I miss him and I I love Biggie. So Um, I hope that he. Royal Rumble's gonna be full of a lot of people coming back. Holy shit! Yeah, so I hope he comes back and. I hope he gets the spot he deserves in the Rumble. Um, he gets a nice piece. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, good for Biggie. This is my editor's note. Hello, everybody. I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast up until now. I apologize for not giving you guys this information from the beginning. I forgot all about it. And I was a little sketchy on the injury report when it came to Randy Orton. But here are the things that I did find out and that I did actually remember to tell you guys. Only it was after we had already recorded. (laughs) So essentially, Randy Orton is out with an injury. It looks as if the injury is real. Randy Orton was supposed to be the one to go up against Roman at SummerSlam. Um, But those plans got scrapped because Randy Orton's back injury is more extensive than it appears. So with all that being said, I'm just going to give you guys a little history into Randy Orton's back injury in the past. Back in 2011, Randy Orton suffered a back injury. He had herniated discs. I think it was an L4 and an L5. Now, I'm not sure what all that means, but it just means that something was either lodged, dislocated, or slipped you know, I'm sure you can look it up to figure out exactly what it means. I'm just giving it to you as I read it. <laughs> and apparently that back injury was severe then. And it looks like he has another back injury. They have not given us full details on this current back injury. They haven't said if it's, you know, they have, you know, slipped another disc or if he has re-injured an old back injury. They have yet to tell us what's going on with Randall. They have WWE sources from Fightful and Cage Site Seats who are citing Fightful as their source. Fightful is citing the WWE and their sources within WWE as their source. And they claim that Randy Orton's injury is real and that he will be having surgery. He had been shelved for for a couple of weeks to assess the severity of his injury, but it seems that injury is worse than what they thought because he has not been brought back yet. So with all that being said, Randall is a part of the injury report until now. At first, I thought it was, you know, a kayfabe story, but it doesn't seem to be that way. It seems like it is real. So good luck to Randy, and I hope he feels better. So we're going to move on to some more AEW stuff because it's shorter than the WWE stuff. Um, so Chris Jericho was talking to um, a show called Talk Sport. And they were giving him a lot of topics that they were talking about and just basically shooting the shit. And then MJF came up and they had a conversation about MJF. And Chris Jericho said, 
<laughs> Do I need to be sitting down for this? No. He, well, it depends. Um, because if you're, you're going to react to what I say, but you have to get the full context of what he said before you react. So okay. I would prefer that you sit down and not get mad because you're going to scream while I'm trying to tell people what he said. I promise I will not scream until you're done. He said, MJF is not as good as he thinks he is. He said, MJF is 25 years old. He has a lot to learn, and he's not as good as he thinks he is. And like I said, it really has nothing to do with me, but I'm sure he'll be back. Now, he was referring to the contract dispute between Tony Khan and MJF, okay? He said 18 months is a long time to stay at home, and that's Tony Khan's prerogative. You're under contract. You want to stay at home? You can stay at home and not get paid, and that's what happens. We see it happen in other companies, and that's just how it goes. If you didn't expect that, then why did you sign your contract in the first place? Now, prior to this, they asked him about the contract situation, and he basically just said, I don't want to elaborate on it because it's really none of my business, and I don't genuinely care about those things because it has nothing to do with me, which is fair, in, in my opinion, because He's not the one who structures the contracts. He doesn't have anything to do with that. So I was like, okay, whatever. He goes on to say, I absolutely asked him if they thought his character, MJF's character, would be watered down in WWE. He said, oh, absolutely. His character would be watered down in the E. He's better off staying in AEW. But again, don't stick your finger in the light socket. You tell a little kid not to do that, and they're going to do it and see what, to see what happens. I'm not going to tell anybody not to go anywhere else because I did it. I did it for years. I did it to come to AEW. I walked away from WWE. When I signed my AEW contract, Vince McMahon said, can you get out of it? No, you told me to go here. <sighs> He says, if talent wants to be someone somewhere else, then they should just leave. So before Alexis has her rant, he does make a point, okay? First of all, yes, MJF is very young, but he also has a valid right about his contract and where he stands financially in that company. If I was working at Burger King, and I, my Burger King store, let's say I owned that store, or I was the store manager. My store had record profits every year, but I am not getting a raise, and I am not being valued for what I bring to the table, then we need to have a conversation about where I stand in your company. And that's exactly what he did. This reaction from MJF was out of frustration of not being heard. And what really makes it sad is that they continue to hire AEW, new people, WWE talent especially, and they are making them all elite from the jump. And they're getting contracts where they're making more money than MJF, and he's an AEW original. That doesn't make any sense on any level, especially when he's bringing in the most views out of everybody in that company he is the second most highest rated view per minute. He is the guy. 
So why is he not allowed to tell you that he deserves more money? I guarantee you, if Chris Jericho decided to leave and went to New Japan, he would not take chunk change to work in New Japan. He would not take chunk change to go back to WWE. He would request to be paid what he's worth. And that's all that MJF wants. He wants him to work and like you've got 18 months left in your contract. Just work out your contract. No, you walked when you felt like you weren't getting what you deserved in WWE. You left. You made it very clear that WWE was not the place for you. And you continue to double down on that. But you chastised this, this man for doing the same thing that you did. I think that because it's AEW, you're loyal to the brand. But when it comes time for you to leave, and you finally decide, you know, to go back to WWE to get what you want or what you more than likely feel you rightfully deserve, your sentiments about AEW will change. You'll start to tell people the truth about what's been happening backstage. To close out what I have to say about them, this sounds like Tony Khan has sat MJF down for the remainder of his contract. That has not been made public. But he alluded to this in this interview because none of us do we we all thought this was a work you know what i'm saying we're like okay he cut a promo on tv and this is a work but if you read what he said he says it very clearly okay he says and i quote he has a lot to learn he's as good as he he's not as good as he thinks he is and like i said it really has nothing to do with me but I'm sure he'd be back. 18 months is a long time to stay at home, and that's Tony Khan's prerogative. What does 18 months sitting at home have to do with Tony Khan if MJF chose to sit at home? He knows, Tony, he knows Tony won't release him. He'll just let his contract run out. Well, words have a lie. It, it, it's simple. Either Tony Khan wants to pay the kid what he's asking for, or he doesn't. From what the reports are saying, he says, I don't have a problem with paying him. Then pay him what he's asking for, especially when he's worth it. Why are you having such a hard time doing that? But like you can buy Ring of Honor for $45 million. You can buy I guess that coke addiction is something fierce, huh? I mean, you're bringing Ember Moon in. You're bringing in, uh, you got all of the members of Undisputed Era over there with the exception of Roderick Strong. His wife is over there and he's not there, which he's probably going to end up over there sometime by the end of the year. You got all these ex-WWE stars over there in your company from Alistair Brack to Brian Danielson to everybody, anybody who can work for you is over there working for you. They're getting paid. They're being compensated the, the ways that they feel they deserve from them being in WWE because they can command top dollar because of them. You're paying them what they've requested, but you can't pay MJF the money that he's asking for. And Jericho, you want him to sit and to come into work every day and be gun ho with the company? No, those days of accepting the handouts and the pennies are over. The kids that are coming in now, they don't have to do that. Why? Because they understand how marketing and branding works. They understand that there is value in their names. They are not 
The Undertaker. They are not Hulk Hogan. They are not John Cena because they're not just happy that someone gave them a chance. No, because they understand who they are coming through the door and they want to be compensated for it. And they're not going to accept anything less than that. And I don't fucking blame them. Y'all can have it. I don't think Jericho should have said anything because, you know, he's like, oh, it's not my business to say anything. Then why did you talk about it? Um, I feel like I've talked about this, like, way too much. But Tiff is right. Where you have ex-WWE people or indie people coming in, you're signing them right away. And they're probably getting, you know, you know, Mox and Jericho probably make way more than MJF. And honestly, he's probably not the only guy or person in that locker room that feels that way right now. But he's the only one who has balls enough to say it. Um, Jericho needs to shut his mouth. I will always say that because you didn't leave, man. Or you didn't, they didn't fire you. You left because you got your feelings hurt because they told you the United States title is not main event quality for WrestleMania. That's why you left. Don't get it twisted. Whatever. He's just a, Tony Khan's an idiot and he's going to regret the way that he's, he's treated MJF. And a lot of people in that locker room. That's all I really got to say about that anymore. And mind your fucking business, also. <laughs> I mean, my thing is, is that, like, Jericho says it's not his business, but why is he privy to this information? Exactly. I imagine all of them are privy to certain information. And with Jericho, originally, he was an executive in AEW. So, and I'm sure. I'm 100% sure that Tony Khan confers with him on some things um, because whether we like Jericho or not, it doesn't matter. He has very extensive knowledge of the rest of this. Tony Khan is new to the game. So if I were Tony, I would pick his brain about a lot of things. And I'm pretty sure he's had conversations with Jericho about a lot of things. Um, But I mean, he spoke on it because they asked him. He could have said, um, this isn't my fight, so I don't have anything to say about it. I hope, you know, MJF and Tony work things out. He could have went that route. He chose to elaborate on the topic. So there's that. I mean, with this whole situation, I mean, again, like there's not anything that we can say that we haven't already said. Um, and I feel like Alexis kind of summarized it all pretty well. But like me and Nicole have said that within like the next couple years, I'm generous. I'm nice. I'm going to give them three. Nicole gives them another year. But they're going to go belly up. Soon. They're going to they're gonna capsize and they're going to sink. It's not wow. going to be pretty. Because like we have said, AEW may seem like a shiny new toy, but just like WWE, they're a machine. And it's going to chew you up and spit you out because the wrestlers are just cogs. And, you know, 
Tony is really going to cling on to this whole, I'm not going to release people. I'm just going to let their contracts run out. Um, yeah, that doesn't make it any better. Um, it really doesn't because you're still putting these people out of a job. Well, and you're mean, also cutting contact from them and not telling them about it either. Because from what we have heard, when the contracts, you know, from Joey Janela, and I'm pretty sure, uh, what's his name? Marco Stunt, too, we've heard that the contract is getting cut months prior to their contract running out. So, you know. But again, I'm like, they're going to capsize, and them buying ROH was the nail in the coffin for me. Because there's no way that you're going to dish out 45 million, or was it 45 million? It's 45 million. Forty-five million dollars of your own money, just mm-hmm. so you can own the catalog, and you're essentially absorbing the company itself as well. But you're absorbing the promotion, and you're gonna find some way to do it. Well, it looks like you took all the titles off of those superstars and gave it to AEW superstars, so they can run around with those belts on dark. Okay. Yep, that's pretty much what happened. Also, I have a question about um, letting people just sit at home with their contracts running out. So, say you're not, say you got like a four year deal, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to pay you X amount. Even if they sit your ass home and they let your contract sp- expire, your ass is still home and they still got to pay you, right? Um, he says, you can say the way that he says this in this paragraph, it doesn't seem like he's getting paid. He okay. says, You're under contract. You want to stay home. You can stay home and not get paid. And that's what happens. So, I, essentially, when you walk off, you're violating the, um, you're breaching the contract. The contract states you will wrestle. Um, for X, Y, Z amount of time, and you'll do this and do that. Um, if you are not wrestling for the time that the contract states, then technically you are in breach of the contract, and you will not get paid. I don't think AE, I don't think WWE's contracts are structured that way. That's why things might be different for them when they decide they don't want to wrestle because, because you know because- it's. It's a different type of contract. They're more like they're independent contractors, and yes, they are obligated to do certain things, but they it, it's a little more complicated than that. I, no, I was just wondering because, like, the whole time I'm wondering if I'm if I wrestled for you, and you like, and I say like I didn't walk out. Just say like, you know, I had like two years to go. I'm still signed to AEW but they're not using me. I'm doing like other stuff and other whatever, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of this. If you send me home, I didn't walk out, but you're like, we don't have anything for you. And you just sit on me for the next two years. You're still going to have to pay me, right? Yes, they do have to pay because it's their, it's their fault why you don't have anything for you. So, yes. So if he does that with like, you know, people coming up, because I was just thinking about this. If he sets all those people home, he's still going to have to pay them. So that's even more of a money loss for him. 
Those that are under contract, yes, he does. The ones that wrestle on dark that are not under contract, that are on that pay per appearance tier, they don't have to worry about paying them until they come in to wrestle. I'm talking about more people like who are actually signed, like the NJF. So the all elite, the all elite people, yeah, he has to pay them. That's why Brian Cage wasn't mad when he got picked back up. Okay. Yeah, because he's getting his check. <laughs> of course. But I'm getting paid to sit at home and do absolutely jack shit. I really wish yeah, well, people would stop living my dream. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's MJF. Don, do you want to say something about MJF? Or are you good? Oh. I feel like he just needs to get paid what he's worth. Okay. That's all I gotta say. Well, ladies and gents, that's all we got for today. I'm gonna give you guys the full breakdown of WWE and all that mess in the next episode because this episode had to be broken down into two parts. There was so much going on in the IWC for the last couple of weeks, we couldn't even get the row sessions completed. So we'll have to do the row sessions next week. Hopefully next week, things will be a bit more mellow. We don't have to worry so much about the row, um, about wrestling in that regard and we can just chill and just do a full-on roast of the IWC itself. With all that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Down for the Count. Make sure you guys follow us on our social media at Down for the Count 19 is our Twitter and at D4TC underscore podcast is our Instagram. Don't forget to rate us on all of your podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to us at, please give us a rating. It really does help and it helps the algorithm know what to push your way. And of course, when we put out new episodes, you will get a notification as long as you set it to get the notification. So set your notifications so you can see and hear from us immediately and make sure you rate us. Give us a big old thumbs up or give us five stars. However, the algorithm allows you to rate us, please do that. And we will be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Gotta go. Bye.